Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we are continuing with the teaching today. I move right along here in verse this is 18 through 22. We will talk about the cost of following Jesus as a disciple. Okay, let's uh, pick it up here. Verse 18. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Verse 19. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Verse 20. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Amazing. Obviously, Jesus had a place to lay his head, but like I said, Jesus would often make comments just to give people something to think about, okay? To really consider <laughs> their decision. God gives us a choice. Verse 21, another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Verse 22, but Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. What is the principle here? The principle is that the Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ is not interested in partial commitment to him. God is after 100% wholehearted commitment. God needs complete royalty. Okay. And going here to verse 22, after that man had said to Jesus, let me go and bury my father. It's interesting that he made that comment. Uh, the scripture doesn't tell us, but Bible scholars have, uh, have, commented on a couple of possibilities. Number one, if you keep the Jewish culture in mind, you have to remember that in the Jewish culture, the first son had to display uh, loyalty to the father and to the family. And that first son had to prove himself as worthy to be the one that would inherit the father's estate upon the death of the father. So Bible scholars have commented that it could just be that this son, the father was still alive and he wanted to uh, give complete 100% loyalty to the father and was skeptical about following a preacher, i.e. Jesus Christ, which would uh, potentially affect his ability to inherit his father's estate. Or it could be that... Um, his father was near death and he did not want to jeopardize everything he had done, i.e. displaying himself as a, as a worthy son because of fear that if he left his father who was probably dying and followed Jesus, he would lose everything. These are just possible scenarios. The Bible doesn't tell us, but those were just uh, some comments that Bible scholars have offered, giving the culture, the Jewish culture in mind. But here's the bottom line. When the Lord Jesus made that comment, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. The principle here is, like I said earlier, even though family is important, career is important, the Lord Jesus is saying that choosing to follow God has to be a priority. Okay? We cannot put our families our careers before God. 
God has to be preeminent. God has to be number one. Following Jesus is a 100% wholehearted commitment. He has to take precedence over everything else. Well, we've talked about this before. If we are right with God, if we are wholeheartedly seeking and following the Lord, our relationship with God vertically is solid. Obviously, our horizontal relationships with our parents, siblings, and others would also thrive because that love and, and relationship with God will spill over to our horizontal relationships. Because we cannot truthfully love others if we don't truthfully love God or abide in Christ. Because God is love. is the love of God that has to flow from God to us that will then spill onto others. So God following the Lord Jesus has to be number one and then family number two. Okay, that is a principle we can learn from there. Okay, we're moving on here. We come to verse 23 here then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him this is the lord jesus now he had got into the boat and his disciples are with him verse 24 suddenly there was a furious storm that came on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat but the lord jesus was sleeping <laughs> just like we are going through crisis we're just stressed out and sometimes people think that because we're going through crisis and stressed out, God is also stressed out. No, the Lord is at peace. The Lord is not stressed about our problems. No. So we see here Jesus was sleeping while the disciples were all stressing out. Verse 25. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown just like a lot of us today. We are, we are in crisis. We are all stressed out and we are screaming, Lord, we are dying. Are you there? Are you listening to us? Save us. And we think when we scream louder and that is when Lord, the Lord listens. No. The Lord says, be still. The Lord is at peace. The Lord is aware of our storms. The Lord is aware of our crisis. We have to just focus on him, trust him. He doesn't panic. He doesn't panic. Okay? So when we are going through storms in life, Jesus is calm. He wants us to be calm. And the only way we can be calmed during storms is when we look unto Jesus and give that thing to him and trust him. Then his peace would resonate in our souls and then we would be calm. No matter how panicky we get, it's not going to change the outcome anyway. So we might as well just trust the Lord and be still, surely. Okay. Hello friends, this is Dr. Ruth here. Thank you for joining me today. I would like to share with you our ministry offer that is available to you as a donation to this ministry throughout my teachings out of the Gospels. So, I have two resources that I know will bless you tremendously because these two books have blessed hundreds of people. So, 
The two books all have to do with the ministry of Jesus Christ. So the first one is titled, Who is the Real Jesus? And the second one is titled, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? So for a ministry donation of $50 or more, these include shipping and handling. If you live here in the USA, we will mail these two books to you today. Okay, it will provide added clarity, added teaching about the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Christ. These are phenomenal resources that would add into the teaching here I'm doing in the Gospels and, and help you to really have a deeper revelation and walk with the Lord. So again, this comes to us as a donation and we thank you in advance for considering that. Again, the books are Who is the Real Jesus? And the other one is Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? For a ministry donation of $50 or more if you live in the USA. But if you cannot afford both books and you just want one, it's okay too. We thank you for your donation. So who is the real Jesus for a donation of $25 or more, including shipping and handling? And then the other book, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus, would be $35, including shipping and handling. We will mail these books to you today the advantage of getting both books is that you would save ten dollars okay so again this ministry offer is only available for those who live within the usa because we cannot ship overseas but if you live overseas and you're listening to me you can get these books from amazon so here is how you can donate through us directly to get this book as a ministry offer our safe and secure website is drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And then uh, if you live in the USA, we also receive donations through Zelle. And here's the telephone number for Zelle. 909-501-9031. Again, 909-501-9031 and then we also accept donations through cash app and the name there is the dollar sign dr ruth tanya or if you just want to bless us with it, a one-time donation to help us produce more teachings like this and pay for studio time we thank you abundantly uh, from the bottom of our hearts and god says thank you and god is so faithful that he will bless you back abundantly exceedingly so i want to thank you in advance for purchasing this additional ministry resources to help you to gain a better revelation of your lord and savior jesus christ again we thank you here is the teaching verse 26 he replied this is the lord you of little faith <laughs> little faith there is implying weak faith he told the disciples why are you so afraid the lord is saying that to a lot of us today why are we panicking why are we so afraid we should be still then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Just like the Lord Jesus would do. <laughs> just like when we trust him, when we put our eyes on him as our deliverer, our crisis would be calmed. Yep. 
our storms would be calmed because he is the one who has authority to calm the storms and crisis in our lives. And here also we see the Lord Jesus exerting his power and authority over creation. Okay. Verse 27. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Only the Lord Jesus has that kind of authority over creation. Okay, we come to verse 28 here. And verses 28 all the way to the end of this chapter, which will be verse 34. We'll talk about how the Lord Jesus restored two demon-possessed men. Let me, let me, before we get into this, let me offer a few comments about demons. Because there are Christians, unfortunately, who don't believe that demons are real, friend. Don't be foolish. Don't be ignorant. Demons are real. They exist today. Okay? Demons are fallen angels, number one. They work for Satan. They are real. And they are still around in this current 21st century. Demons are still around until after the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Satan and his demonic angels would be casted into the lake of fire and they would be gone permanently. But right now, demons are here. Number two, demons recognize Jesus, as we would find out. And likewise, since as a Christian, the Spirit of God indwells you, demons know that you have the light of God in you. Number three, demons lead people into temptation. But as Christians, we have power and authority over the demonic realm. We just have to stand up in the name of Jesus and overcome. We should not allow demons to lead us into temptation. Okay. Number four, I had mentioned this earlier, that demons are going to be totally eradicated at the end times as discussed in Revelation chapter 20. And then uh, the fifth point I want to mention about demons is that they are afraid of the light. Demons are afraid of you, child of God. Once you are exerting your power in Christ, calling upon the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. And the last point I want to talk about here with regards to demons before I read these verses is that demons cannot possess a true believer. Let me repeat that. A true Christian, a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, cannot be possessed by demons. You know why? Because a true follower is indwelt by the Spirit of God and is sealed. Ephesians 1.13 So demons cannot possess a Christian. However, a believer who is chronically living in fear doubt and practicing sin can be suppressed and oppressed by demonic forces. That can happen only if that believer opens the door to demonic forces through sin and fear. But we don't have to give the devil that much authority or any authority whatsoever in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can stand and overcome. 
So um, that is all I want to mention here about uh, the demands. But for those of you who are really who need help or more teaching in this area, I have a two and a half hour audio CD teaching titled Spiritual Warfare. Powerful CD teaching talking about demonology, who is the devil, uh, where, uh, where he came from, how he got his powers, and how we can overcome and excel, really. So if you really want to learn more in this area, contact the ministry, visit our website at drruthtanyu.org and obtain that two and a half hour audio CD teaching titled Spiritual Warfare. It will bless you. Okay, with that brief background about demons, let us pick it up here in verse 28. When he arrived, this is referring to the Lord Jesus, when he arrived at the other side in the region of the gathering, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. These demon-possessed men lived in the tomb and they saw Jesus. Now, I want to quickly highlight something here. In the Gospels of Mark and Luke, they talked about one uh, demon-possessed man. But Matthew talked, uh, talked about two. What's the point? Mark and Luke mentioned one demon-possessed man because they were focusing on the demon-possessed man who was doing the talking. But here in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew said two demon-possessed men. It is not um, contradictory. Matthew is just giving us more details. Okay? Okay, so these men came out of the tomb and met Jesus. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Verse 29, What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Right away we learn a lot from these verses. Like I mentioned earlier, the demons recognized Jesus as the son of God. The demons recognized that their time is coming when they would be permanently eliminated. So they are afraid, asking if Jesus is there to torture them before their appointed time. Glory to God friend as a child of God indwelled by the spirit of God demons are afraid of you don't be afraid of the demonic realm all you have to do is stand up in the name of Jesus and the, the power and authority in his name and overcome any demonic forces any dark forces attempting to threaten your well being overcome in the name of Jesus because demons Listen now, demons are afraid of the name of Jesus. They tremble, okay? Verse 30, some distance from them, from them meaning, meaning that some distance from the two demon-possessed men was a large head of pigs, and the pigs were feeding there. And then verse 31, the demons begged Jesus, and they said, if you drive us out, send us into the head of pigs. We see the demon-possessed man, the demons speaking through this man, telling Jesus, if you have to cast us out, if you have to drive us out, please send us into the head of pigs. <laughs> Verse 32, Jesus said, go. 
So they came out. The demons came out of the men and went into the pigs. Boy, the demons came out of out of those two demon possessed uh, people. They 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 inhabited the body of the pigs. You see, demons are spirits. They have to inhabit a body. Here we see them inhabiting the body of pigs. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. So we see how the demons got out of those two men, got into pigs, and they died in the water. Then verse 33 teaches that those tending the pigs ran off and went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed man. And then in verse 34, the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with Jesus to leave their region. Hey, hey. the, the, the um, people in the town were so afraid of light because the light of Jesus had come into the darkness. They could not handle it. Okay. So they wanted the Lord Jesus to, uh, to leave their town. So this is really interesting how darkness i.e. the demonic realm they don't want light so they were begging for the Lord Jesus to leave so two primary reasons why the people in that area wanted Jesus to leave financial reasons because of course the the pigs that ran into the water and died that was financial loss to the owners and of course they did not want to accept the power that the Lord Jesus had and they just did not want to come to him as their Lord and Savior. Just like today we have people who love to be in the dark. They don't want the light to come. But that is not God's will for anyone. It is uh, not God's will for none to perish but for all to come to eternal life. So that brings us to the end of that chapter. So what are the major principles and applications we have learned? Number one, we learned about the Lord Jesus' authority over sicknesses and diseases. And that authority continues till today. As I said, on the cross over 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus died, not just for the forgiveness of sins, but he died so we can receive physical healing in our bodies. And... Um, we also learned how the Lord Jesus was actually prophesying that the Jews would reject him and the Gentiles would come into the kingdom of, of God. And we learned about active faith. And in application, like I had just said, please, according to your faith, it shall be done unto you. Whatever you need from the Lord Jesus, renew your mind. What do I mean by renew your mind? Go to the word of God. Study the word of God about whatever promise you are believing God for. Believe that, stand on that, meditate on the word of God, i.e. think about it, ponder on it, pray to the Holy Spirit to strengthen you and be patient because God is faithful. If it is sickness in your body, Jesus already healed you on Calvary's cross. Friend, believe this. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus is willing but are you ready to receive from him? Remember the centurion? He said, just send a word. Where you are right now, just speak. There's, there's a miracle in your mouth. Just release it. Just call, call upon the Lord Jesus. 
Call upon God. Call. Just speak whatever you believe in God for. Use your mouth to declare and decree it and stand to the extent that whatever you are believing God is in his word and you stand, God honors faith. Just like we saw the Lord Jesus honoring the faith of the centurion. You just speak the word and you trust God and you stand. God honors that. Friend, do you receive that? I hope you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to your throne. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are the same, Jesus, yesterday, today, and forevermore. I thank you that you're still healing our bodies today. I thank you that your word, which is medicine, is available to us. I thank you that you answer prayers. I thank you that for the God. That your word is our medicine and we can stand on your word and trust you because you are faithful father i pray for all of the listeners father i just release your word right now wherever they are if there's diseases in their body i speak to their bodies in the name of jesus i speak healing into their bodies from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet. I lose your healing into their bodies right now. Receive it in the name of Jesus. If you are bedridden, if you are able to stand up and walk and activate your faith, just elevate your, your, your arms towards the sky and just thank the Lord Jesus for healing your bodies. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that you honor faith. We thank you that you are the same. We thank you for your love. Father God, we thank you. And I have prayed in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit and everyone who agrees says Amen Boy oh boy we are really blessed to know and to serve a loving God who still heals today if you are struggling with any type of disease in your body take heart because Jesus who is the same yesterday today and forevermore is very willing to help so in faith reach out to him because he has already healed you on Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago. Do you believe that? And for those of you wanting more information about healing, Dr. Ruth's healing testimonial book on how she was healed by the Lord from metastasis colon cancer is an excellent resource. Visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H tanyi.org and place your order today for the book titled Healed by the Stripes of Jesus. While on our website, you can also order the four-hour audio CD teaching based on Dr. Ruth's testimonial book. This book continues to encourage and bless hundreds of others, so get your copy today. You will be blessed as well. I am Chris Oram, and until next time, Goodbye for now.